This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. I am thrilled to be joined in studio by the guest that was supposed to be here last week. <laughs> Couldn't make it because of all the ice and snow. And so, da da da, da we have Angie Smith in <laughs> studio. And I am so excited. <laughs> Angie, before we dive into your new book, Woven, and just talk about what God's doing in your life, I just... I have to start this out with saying, you know, you probably don't remember this, but the very first time you and I met, something happened that the reason that I am sitting in this studio in Tennessee Mm, mm -mm. has to do with that. Okay. Don't test me on this. You know how much I love you. Okay. Let me ask you a clue question. Yes. Does it involve clothing? A little bit, but... So we were both speaking at a conference together. And wait, wait, wait. I yes. can think about this. We were both speaking at a conference together. This is not this is not a test. I I, I oh, can no. share the story because I don't you would not remember. Like it was this random thing. But I'm thinking about the time I forgot the bottom half of my wardrobe. <laughs> oh, there's that <laughs> one. Too. I'll have to tell that story. <laughs> no. Okay. So the very first time, as far as I can remember, that we met. So we were both speaking at a conference and I didn't, like, I'd heard of you. I'd read your book, but it wasn't like, I wasn't a groupie. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I just wasn't. I a wasn't. Fangie, <laughs> if you will. Yes. I, like, <laughs> I just, I, I, I liked yeah. your book and that was, you know, but we were speaking at this conference and then you spoke and I just really fell in love with you. I mean, who would not fall in love with you when you speak? But... I also hadn't gotten to stalker level or anything like that. And so we met afterwards and you came up to me and you said, 
When are you going to move to Tennessee? Is this, were we standing in front of doors? I don't mean like a lobby. It was like, it was, we were getting a group picture taken or something like, but your first words out of your mouth to me were, (laughs) when are you going to move to Tennessee? That's the highest compliment I can give someone is like, I like you so much. I want you in my space. It was, and it was just a crazy God thing. Mm. Cause I look back now and it was like, it planted that seed. That's so That God used to just kind of simmer in our hearts to then put that, you know, nudge that Mm. we were supposed to look into moving and just how God has used that in such amazing, incredible ways, Mm. far beyond what we could ever dream or imagine in our whole family's life. Like we are where we're supposed to be. And, but then it wasn't just that. So then we moved and within a few days, you, you were going to come by and we were just going to, you know, hang out for coffee and you came by and it was a Monday. And you happen to say, well, you know what? Our pastor's family, they live right down the street. And we have this thing that we do on Monday yes. nights. And yes. you invited us Forgot to that. show up at this, Meeting mon- Monday. <laughs> this <laughs> weekly Monday group where yes. we knew no one. And you made it sound like it was a super like, oh, just anybody can come, whatever. And so we showed up because we didn't really know anybody here. <laughs> and then it ended up that we realized very quickly when we walked in the door, oh, these are like five families that know each other really, <laughs> really well. <laughs> and we so do not know anybody here. But... Again, that turned into then for the next two years, like that was our lifeline Mm. for getting plugged in here. And it was such a gift to us. And so I was just thinking of that as I was preparing for this interview, because I thought how God used you Mm. and it might seem like such like small little things. And yet they were huge things in our life. And so praise the Lord because, and you know, you probably never know how many times that happens Mm. or how many times you actually only bring shirts on a cruise, (laughs) actually forgot the bottom half of your wardrobe. Who lent me a skirt? You did, Crystal. And can I just remind you that at this point in time, you were like, you only had like seven items of clothing. (laughs) You were, you were like very specific about showing people how to mix and match. Very minimalistic. I had six tops and bottoms. Yes. Okay, six. All six right. tops and six. So I think it was like 12 total, you know? Oh, that's crazy. Never mind. <laughs> I thought it was minimal. I didn't realize you had a dozen. So the fact that you lent me the 12th of your wardrobe is real kind. Might have been even more than one, but yes, that's the story. I thought you were going to tell. That wasn't right when we met. No, yeah. That was, that was a, a few years ago. We were yeah, both on it. Was. You, I think Todd was, was singing cruise, on the, right? the Love Like You Mean It yes. cruise. And mm-hmm. then you happened to be like, oh, I forgot to bring any bottoms. <laughs> and I was like, I actually have a skirt. So do you know that this sweet woman came up to me because she because apparently everyone found out that I, you know, was in my room because I didn't have a bottom <laughs> half. And she like sent this skirt to me and it was not it wasn't exactly my size. And it was also like a strong leopard kind of <laughs> glittery thing that I could barely squeeze myself into. But then I felt bad because she had like, let me borrow it. And I then you, you felt know, like you kind of had to wear I, it. I felt like I did. So anyway, I think you saved me from the leopard. Look at us fighting for each other. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, with that introduction, I thought, I know that most all my audience knows who you are because they were guessing that I was having you on the that. podcast this morning when I asked, who do you think I'm having? They're local. But for those who do not know all that you are and all that you do, I'd love for you to just take a minute to introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, I'm Angie. Um, I 
right now I do mostly writing, um, but I started out doing a lot of blogging originally. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of how all this happened. And some people might know that we lost um, one of our daughters the day she was born. And I was blogging at the time and just started telling the story of Audrey. And I think a lot of people have just, you know, been through grief and they connected with it. And um, anyway, so that led to writing books and um, speaking and, you know, just doing the stuff that I'm doing right now. But the more important part of me um, is that I have a sweet husband. We'll be married. How long have you guys been married? 18 years. Okay. I thought we were close. We'll be in August. It'll be 20. And we have lots of kids. We have identical twins. We can come back to this because I'm sad and I need counsel um, who are 18 and going to college next year. And then we have Kate, who, you know, we, our kids go to the same school, Manny <laughs> Crystal. So, um, her husband Jesse subs sometimes at the school and just to describe who Kate is he just said I subbed in Kate's class the other day and I was like this could go a couple ways (laughs) she's the kid she at one point we were like there's a 50% chance she's gonna have a prison ministry from the inside (laughs) the child is anyway she's gonna rule the world um and she's incredible. After her, we had Audrey. And now um, our youngest is Charlotte and she's 10. So those are my people. I live really close to you. And just, I mean, we're all like in this weird season, mm-hmm. but typically we would be, I'd be traveling a little bit more and doing that. But I've just sort of been like settling into my life a little mm-hmm. bit. So it's funny when someone says like, what do you do? I sort of like have to think about it for a mm-hmm. second, you know? Um, yeah, that's me. I feel like COVID has kind of been this identity shift Mm. or identity solidifier for people. And I know for me, it's kind of been like, okay, what are, what are the things that God has really called me to do? What are those things that I'm super passionate about? Right. And let's just kind of let everything else go by the wayside. And you were talking about that beforehand. We were having a Mm. conversation and you said that you've kind of had some shifting in how you've approached ministry this year as well. I feel like, and I do think COVID was a big part of that because it's so easy for us to sort of get into the routine of this is what I do. This is where I go. This is what my calendar looks like. And I realized that there is a lot of my ministry that was taking a toll on me Mm -hmm. that I had sort of gotten into you know, this cycle of, but this is what you do. This is what you do. And it pulled a little bit back from, this is what you were called to do. Mm -hmm. And there is a unique role that you have for the kingdom. And that doesn't mean that what I'm doing, you know, is totally wrong. But just like you said, there is a shift in, I want to be with my family. Mm -hmm. I Traveling takes a real toll on me. Um, I have a lot of anxiety about it. And I think, and I'm totally a homebody anyway. So in fact, my husband's best friend, Angie, let's be honest, you've been training for COVID for 43 years. (laughs) So true. I'm like, this is the best. I don't have to, you know, um, I don't have to make up an excuse when I just want to stay at home. But I just started realizing, again, there were just, there were things that were pulling me away from what should really be important. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, I just kind of went along with it. and. It's been, it's been a learning curve for me because there was like a lot of guilt that came along mm. with that of how long have I been doing these things? And so basically right now, I feel like I'm trying to figure out how do I continue to do the things that God has given me when I'm fully 
sure that that's what he's calling me to do and count on his strength. And where do I say no? And I think a lot of people have probably been asking some of that, you know, some of those same questions because it's, it's just more in our face. Like all of a sudden we've been pulled out of our normal lives and we're looking at what's around us. That's always been around us that we may not have even seen. So I will definitely look back obviously because it's a pandemic, but I will look back and remember that there was a shift in me, hopefully for the better. Mm -hmm. I mean, hopefully for the betterment of what my role is supposed Mm to be. Um, You're good at, and I don't know if you've always been good at this. We talked about a little bit before you've always, I mean, I've stalked you for years. Like you start telling those stories and I'm like, I'm the one who'd get a restraining order in this relationship. Um, But just so for you, But one of the things I've always respected about you is that you have a very kind way of drawing boundaries and you do it in a way that everyone, they walk away going, oh yeah, of course, that's perfect. You know, there's never been, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, I don't know many people who have the ability to stand up for what they think is right in a way that comes across as totally non-offensive and completely welcoming. That's a gift. I mean, I think it's, it's very hard for people to do that. I struggle with it. I just struggle with saying no. Mm-hmm. And just like we were saying beforehand, it's like, no, I think I'm realizing that this probably isn't the best thing for me to doing. That's not maybe not the best use of my time. Or so again, that's like part of what I've been trying to get better mm-hmm. at, but that's not my skill set. But you have plenty of other skill sets that I don't have. Speaking of like writing words, I think that that is something that God has really gifted you mm-hmm. in. And in this book, Woven, I love how you've woven your story mm. into this beautiful, timeless story of, and you were talking beforehand about how it's the living word of God. Right. And I think that that's something that we can sometimes view the Bible as this, you know, it's this, it's this book yeah. that we're supposed to pull off the shelf and yep. read. And, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. And, and so I'd love to hear, I know that you have not released a book in quite a long while and right. a long while. So talk to us about this book. Why, why this book? Um, I think I'm trying to remember, I actually think it was 2015 mm. that I last released a trade book. Um, and I, I just remember when I first became a Christian, I was in graduate school. I, you know, went to a good school, felt like I was pretty, you know, I've always been, I've had like an academic bent. I love research and figuring things out. And to make a long story short, I ended up joining this Bible study, which I had no idea what a Bible study was. Didn't even bring my Bible. I did the next week, Precious Moments Bible, the only one I had. Um, but I start. I realized really quickly that I could not understand what we were talking about. Like, I didn't grow up in the church. Um, and so I could vaguely tell you that there was a story about Jonah and a fish. I could vaguely tell you about what it looked like when Christ was born. You know, I knew these stories, but they were all so separate. And I literally went into Lifeway, RIP, bookstore, and sat in the kids section on the ground, like crisscross applesauce and started pulling out kids books just to try and understand the story. I mean, I'm so stubborn that I think honestly, most of it was like, why can't I understand? So it took me a while, but just to understand, okay, where were the judges? Why Why were they here? What was happening? And it, it's not complicated once you kind of dig into it. And so I just really have this passion for providing a tool for people who may not 
who may just be curious about the story and want nothing to do with Jesus, you know, and pick it up and they can read it. And hopefully it will put things into a context where you, you look at it and you start to realize how many people, how many Christians, lifelong Christians, don't understand the way that the Old and New Testaments are woven together. And they don't necessarily understand, you know, that when Jesus was really born or what it really looked like. Or, I mean, there are a million things that when I was studying, I was like, I never knew this. I mean, so that kind of thing makes it more living to me. Mm -hmm. And it, again, as the sort of academic brain, when I can read it and go, oh, wait, that was a real king Mm -hmm. at this time period that like I learned about in history class, you know, all of a sudden it just pushes it into a different space in my mind. And yeah, I hope that was really my heart in doing it is to try and make the Bible story simple. And you talked beforehand, you know, how you have, you've wrestled with your faith Mm -hmm. and it's not like you're just like, oh, I just believe this and I never questioned this. So in writing this book, did you find that there, were you wrestling with some of the things? Yes. Yes. Um, And it was, um, I wrote a Bible study called Seamless and it, that was sort of the springboard for this because it it's a Bible study, but it in a book form, it feels really different when you're getting into a whole lot more details. And it, it just is a completely different sort of like a much more expanded version of that. But when this one was being worked on, I was going through just a traumatic time. I lost my dad. I lost my grandma um, a few months later. There's not time to go in detail, but my dad took full-time care of my grandma and my mom. And so outside of losing, you know, the great love of my life, I was all of a sudden left with like, I'm the power attorney for everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm, And it just, and trying to find my mom assisted living and so many things happened that there was a point where I just said, I don't, I'm not in this anymore. Like, I don't think you wouldn't take my dad. Why? Of all the people. Um and I, I really, really wrestled. And to be honest, I wrestle every day for a moment. I mean, I don't think there's a day where I'm like this, there is no room for question. There's no room for a moment of doubt. That's not what scripture says. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, it's the point of faith is that we're believing in something we can't see. But one of the things that has come to mind, it sounds like such a, not like a cheesy statement, but it sounds kind of manufactured, but it's very true. And it's where I land is that I feel like in the midst of working on this, I lost my dad and I found my father. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there came a point where I was just pressed up against, you know, screaming in the car and begging him why. And there was just this voice in my head. And I know it was the Holy Spirit just saying, you're still talking to me. Mm. you're still talking to me. So you're saying all these things that you're angry about, about the situation, you're talking to me. So I'm still here and you still believe that. Um, My sister's a staunch atheist, two years younger than me, um, was always, it's just, you know, we're very close, but that we're very different. Um, And one day I, I was renovating my dad's house after he passed and I could tell you where I was standing And she called me and she said, Angela, I can no longer deny that Christ is real. Mm. I've tried. (laughs) I'm just seeing too much Mm. um, to deny it. 
And so she became a believer, mm. goes to church and was baptized. And her husband is not there. Um, but to me, it was that, that, that was a miracle. There, mm. there could be no other way, um, for that. And so, um, the dedication of this book is actually to her. And I would say during this season, I, I borrowed her faith, mm. you know, as a new believer. And, um, yeah, I, that's a long answer to, you know, a question that probably didn't need to have that long of an answer, but that was the heart behind it. Well, I think that there's a lot of people who are listening who they have had doubts or they currently mm-hmm. have doubts. And I think sometimes we can feel ashamed of that. Right. Yeah. Like, oh no, we're we're never supposed to question yep. anything. Mm-hmm. And but like you said, I don't think that that is what scripture says. We right. we should wrestle with exactly. these things and we should really be making sure why do we believe what we believe and you know i think that it's okay to put it all out there Mm -hmm. god is a big god and he can handle our doubts and our fears and our insecurity and our questions and we don't need to try to kind of sanitize our prayers in order to have him be like oh okay that was a good enough prayer there you know we can just put it out there and i'd love for you to speak to the person that right now maybe either they are really questioning their faith because i know covid you know we talked about it but for a lot of people it has deeply deeply impacted them they've lost their jobs they've lost loved ones it's just completely changed the you know their whole community they've lost um Mm. they feel so lonely and it's just like where is god in this i'd love for you to speak to that person who's listening right Mm. now who's really questioning or just feeling like i'm i'm done yeah this this isn't working i'm well first of all i totally understand um and i think the encouragement that would be in that i mean i obviously i love the story of Downing Thomas, I know that's his, that's his nickname, but he really was an amazing disciple of Christ and he believed in Jesus. I mean, he, he was the one who's like, I'm willing to go, I'll die. You know, he's so intense. And I think for him and for a lot of us, something to keep in the back of your mind is that you aren't necessarily doubting because you don't want it to be true. He was doubting because he's so desperately wanted to know that it was true. And I think for us, we can have that guilty feeling of why am I going through this? And the the heart of it is you're wrestling toward something that's worth fighting for. And that's not going to be pretty. And that may be you saying, you know, I I need this. And I think the reason that I, I mean, there are a million reasons I love that story, but one of my favorites, and this is sort of just as an encouragement to folks, He's so determined that he will not believe unless he touches the side, unless he, you know, he has all these requirements, which obviously Jesus comes back and miraculously knows all of those requirements and offers them to him. And something that I just love about that story, though, is when Jesus first comes into the room, he tells everyone, you know, it's okay. (laughs) I know I was dead, but I'm alive. And there are five words that are so simple. It just as then he said to Thomas. And I thought like the gaze of heaven turned on the doubter mm. and he was not condemning him. He was not ridiculing him. He wanted him to believe. Mm. And we, I mean, I know there are lots of glorious paintings, but there's nothing in the Bible that tells us he ever touched Jesus. Mm. Jesus walked into the room and Thomas fell down and said, 
he knew exactly who he was. He was actually the first person in scripture to use that exact term, which is, I know you're my God and my redeemer. I know who you are. And I think for those who are feeling that way, first of all, the gaze of heaven is always on you and he does not condemn you for that. Secondly, sometimes we have an idea of what we're going to need to believe again. And my prayer is often just give me enough to believe. Just give me a piece. Walk in the room in a way that I was so determined that it was going to take such, such, and such. There's a smaller kind of bigger prayer underneath it that is like, I have these presumptions and you can show up in any moment and remind me that you're my Lord and my God. And I just think sometimes we look for the big, big things instead of just saying, just give me enough. That that was what Thomas needed. So. So at the beginning, you talked about how you're facing this, you know, your twins going off to college and how that's overwhelming to you. I mean, I don't know what, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there's probably a lot of big feelings with that. You have no (laughs) idea. I, I, we have a 16 year old. So it's like, it's, it's coming on the horizon. And, um, how are you processing through that in light of just kind of what you, what you shared? It's, I, I think, you know, a lot of people are like, it's so hard to send, you know, and I'm like, no, I really don't think I'm going to do well. Like Mm -hmm. I have, they're just, we're so close and it's such a, um, like, I can't imagine walking by their room and not having them in their beds, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I know I'll survive it, but I think that I'm, I'm trying really hard to, again, not in huge ways because I tend to like go to oh my gosh, the moment where we walk away from their dorm. Like I can't even talk about it. It's so impossible for me to imagine. Um, And I'm trying really hard to pull back from that and just say like, Lord, just give me enough right now. You know, Mm -hmm. just give me enough right this second. And we're going to deal with it as it comes. But I know there are people listening who have gone through this. And I've, you know, talked to several moms who were really honest about it and just said it was terrible. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a huge transition that I feel like, oh, Lord, if I look at it as big as it is, I am just going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. So uh, give me enough, please. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to, I'll cry with you when you have to do this. So One of my friends, she was talking the other day about, they don't write books about grieving the living. Mm, oh, that's good. And I've been thinking about that a lot because as we said goodbye to sweet little boy mm. that was with us for eight months and so like cute. you're grieving the living and Absolutely. it is a very real thing. I mean, just yesterday, you know, I walked past his, mm. his little car seat and his little book in oh. there, you know, and it's just like, there's this hole in my heart mm. that will never get filled. There's nothing else, yeah. you know, but that Jesus is enough. But I think to give yourself that grace to grieve the living. That's really good. And I've just been thinking about that a lot and how I I feel like there needs to be more Mm -hmm. written and spoken about that because it is, it's a really big thing. And And you and I both are doing the same thing. Like we're releasing into something that is the right thing. mm -hmm. I mean, we know that that is the best scenario, Mm -hmm. but we're still releasing. I mean, and that Oh, this little car seat and all that. And you're right. There'll never be another. You can never get that exact thing back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it for me. And I don't, I don't want to look back and feel like I took it for granted. But, I, you know, that's like one of my fears is that even in the moment where you're like, not that you would ever get frustrated. 
because you don't. But I'm a perfect mom. It's actually hard for me to imagine you getting frustrated. (laughs) But, you know, there were moments where you were like, I cannot handle this anymore, you know, and I don't want to live in the guilt of that. Mm. That when I'm grieving the living, I'm also grieving, feeling like I didn't love them as well as I could. Mm. So that is a tough one. I'm really fun in real life, though. I should say that. (laughs) I'm like... I've been through trauma. I don't know if I believe in Jesus. <laughs> My kids are leaving in a falling part. I can't no. think of any time that I've ever spent with you that I didn't cry laughing, though. <laughs> because you always see the hilarious side of most everything. I and, and I love that about you that you can go really deep mm-hmm. and share those really deep things, but also, you know, like I love any book that makes me laugh and cry in the Aww. same two pages. You know, I feel like that's a very well-written book. <laughs> I and, and I feel Thank like you. that's your personality. That mm-hmm. is who you are that, you know, you can hold both. And I feel like, you know, it's like that grief and gratitude mm-hmm. at the same time that you can hold oh, both. That's pretty. And, um, so like living in that tension, it's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful place instead of feeling like, well, if I'm grieving, I can't also, you know, right. be just loving life yeah. and laughing yeah. over ridiculous yeah, things totally. or whatever, you know? So totally. I was thinking for, there's a lot of women who they want to study scripture more. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I'm going through this seminary class with some women in our church and I've talked about it online and I hear from so many moms, especially who they're busy moms. So they're saying like, I want to spend more time in God's word, but yeah. I don't even know where to start and yeah. it feels so overwhelming. What right. would you, what would your advice and encouragement be to that woman? Start with Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> if there are a lot of names you can't pronounce, that's really a good place. <laughs> I would say don't start Leviticus. Um, one of the things that, first of all, Everyone has an idea of what everyone else's quiet time looks like and mm-hmm. usually involves birds singing and candles and quiet and all of that. And that's been another thing in this season that God is like, you need to let that go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't have this big plan of I'm going to sit down for half an hour and I'm going to do this and I'm going to consider check, check. Like I did mm-hmm. my thing. One of the things that I've done, and I've again, I've always sort of studied this way is that I'll sit down and just read something, but I'm, I make sure that I'm curious mm-hmm. when I start. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes even having a few minutes where, you know, say you're in the book of John, which is a beautiful place to start and you read something, let yourself, you're, you're smart enough to understand scripture. Mm-hmm. This is not written for scholars. It's written for you. So maybe you read something and it's like, John went here and you're thinking, where was that? Why did he go there? Or why is this just to be curious enough that then you might spend the next couple of minutes like Googling it. Mm-hmm. Go to, I love blueletterbible.com. You can click on a verse and find the Hebrew word. Look at you. You click three times and then you might be curious about, wonder what that word means. Wonder what that is in scripture. Like, it, however it is that you learn and enjoy God's word, just feel freedom to do that. It might be a tiny little pocket of time and you might not have time one day and you might just be walking around doing your stuff and just talking to God, you know, having conversation. But I think there's a lot of freedom in just saying, I do want to, but I'm not going to feel guilty when I'm not able to. And it doesn't have to look the way I imagine it does for everyone else. Yes. And I would tell people when you see the little Instagram square, you know, with the, oh. the mug of steaming coffee and the like perfect journal with all the colors and like they've highlighted their Bible and the different colors and they have a whole system for that. You know, oh, I'm gosh. like, 
that works for some people and that's, that is wonderful, but that's maybe not you at all. And that's okay. But there are so many resources at our fingertips. And I love your advice to just be curious and, you know, that God is capable of revealing himself to you through his word. If you just, you know, just asking him saying, I've, I want to learn. Yep. I want to learn and I want to build my relationship with you and I want to grow in yeah. you and I want to know you. And so reveal yourself to me yes. and then just be curious. Yep. And it can be amazing what you discover. And it even is. just a few minutes of time. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and you go in like thinking, I can understand this and I can learn from this because again, this is living. This is mm-hmm. not like some story that happened forever ago. Um, I said before, and I'm not going to say this word because I'm so sick of it, but like we are woven into the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, the truth of the matter is this is alive. This is a continuation of the story that you're reading about. Mm-hmm. And that, that sense of belonging and identity in Christ is just, I don't know, it's so freeing. And it it can, if you let it, it can take away a lot of the hindrances and the things that you've looked at other people, or we stare at the rest of the pew. Like we want to know how everyone's doing everything so that we feel like we're doing it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, read the Bible. Like a lot of people did not do it in the way that we might <laughs> imagine they would have. In fact, there was one girl who I don't follow her even. It just like popped up. <laughs> this. Instagram post exactly what you're describing. And the Bible was open. I mean, there might have like been like a rose's book. I mean, there wasn't, but it was like so ridiculous in the lighting. And she did not realize that it was open up to a page that was like super inappropriate. <laughs> and it's not a Bible verse you would have ever posted. And it, it's it was so ironic to me that mm-hmm. I'm like, you're trying to present something that you didn't even look at. You, you know, mm-hmm. unless maybe that's your your calling in life is to describe <laughs> something that I'm not even going to describe here. Um, but it, I, I think of that a lot when I see those squares that mm-hmm. it's like that Bible might be open, but it, it was open to show other people that it was open and not mm-hmm. because she took a couple minutes to actually read through scripture, mm-hmm. you know. So we got to stop beating ourselves up. We got too much of that. Like we got too much of the too much of the I love it. I love me some Instagram, mm-hmm. but. That's another thing that's making us, we're paralyzed by like thinking that, you know, we're doing it wrong Mm -hmm. or we're questioning, we're not praying correctly. We're not. And I just don't believe that that is God's desire Mm -hmm. for us. Um, I think it's relationship and relationship is messy and complicated and it takes effort. And um, yeah, the Instagram, I'm I'm still like, I'm thinking of the verse and I'm not going to say it, but it was just a moment I really needed. (laughs) Well, I think that we're wired for relationship and, but when we get so stuck in like the rules, yeah. how is it supposed to be done? How does yeah. quiet time supposed to look that we can totally miss the relationship? Yeah. And so just really coming at it from that posture mm-hmm. of relationship. I love you, Lord, and I want to know you yeah. and sh- reveal yourself to me, or I am struggling in my mm-hmm. faith. And this doesn't make sense to me. Life doesn't make sense to me right now. And would you show me something for today? Yes. You know, like you talked about just enough for today. And I can definitely attest, and I'm sure you can, that God is always faithful to answer those prayers. When we're just crying out to Him and asking Him, show me something, Lord. Like, I just need to know I just need that manna for today, yes. for this next hour. Right. And 
I'm going to trust you for that. And then just, you know, going with a curious attitude to just learn and to just have relationship with him. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. You're exactly right. And I, yeah, that's my encouragement is exactly what you said. Those, especially for people who maybe did grow up in the church Mm -hmm. and those borders are a little bit more, you know, built up than those of us who didn't necessarily, but yeah, just freedom in the way you experience the Lord and have relationship. It's relationship. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing so openly and honestly, and thank you for your book, Woven, Understanding the Bible as One Seamless Story. We'll be sure to link to it in the show notes. Love you, friend. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 